This week's Torah portion is Yitro. By almost all measures, this is the most important portion in the entire Torah. Now, it seems odd for me to say that when we're sitting here in February, 70 degrees in February, with no major holidays in the past or even coming in the future. One would think that the peak of the Torah, it might be the creation story, or maybe Abraham. But many rabbis for generations, they point to this week's parsha, Yitro, and they say, this is the most important one. And if anything, the question that they ask is, what are all those other parshio doing right before this one? They argue that this right here, Yitro, should be the very first parsha of the entire Torah. Now, why is parsha Yitro so important? We receive the Torah this week. We get the foundation of Judaism. Everything is anchored in this Parsha. You do not have ethics without this Parsha. The idea of chosenness is linked directly to this Parsha. We are chosen to behave a certain way, to judge a certain way, to live a certain way. Our behavior, our judgment, our lives are all linked to this Parsha. But here's the thing. Even though the rabbis, they do not have the authority to make this the first Parsha, what they do get is editing rights. They can't change the text, but they do determine where we start reading each week and where we end. And the editing capability then determines how every Jewish community in the world will discuss the Torah portion for thousands of years. How do they do this? The title of the Parsha, it comes from the very first unique word in the Parsha. Vishma Yitro Kohen Mijan. And Yitro, the priest of Midian, heard. So they intentionally chose this week's Parsha to be called Yitro. And it's an incredibly odd and distinct choice for this week's Parsha. For this week, the anchor portion of all of Judaism is called Yitro. Yitro is Moses' non-Jewish father-in-law. And they didn't just choose any non-Jew, but Yitro, who is a priest of Mijan. The rabbis chose to name the most important parsha in the entire Torah after a non-Jew. Why would they do this? What are they trying to tell us? Because they are trying to speak to us. They are whispering across the generations, trying to influence how we think and engage in the world. Before Moses goes to Sinai to receive the Torah, he sits down with Yitro, and he receives advice and guidance from someone who is of a different tribe, a different religion, a different people. Before Moses enters the biggest stage in the entire Torah, he first sits with someone completely different than himself to receive guidance and leadership advice. In order to acquire the Torah, which we would consider our guide, our truth, Moses first sits down with the priest of Mijan and hears his truth and his guidance. And it's only when Moses can hear someone else's truth that he's able to receive the Torah. The idea of holding multiple narratives and viewpoints is a central feature in Judaism. 
and without being able to do so, or refusing to do so, one is then deviating from one of the most important ideas in all of Judaism. Now, the truth is not found from a singular voice, but from a multitude. Now, while Aristotle is considered the first philosopher to cite this idea of wisdom of the crowd, he remarks that the many who are not as individuals excellent men nevertheless can, when they have come together, be better than the few best people, not individually, but collectively. He writes this in Politics. The classic wisdom of the crowd's finding, it was cited by the statistician Francis Galton at the 1906 County Fair in Plymouth, that when 800 people participated in a contest, to estimate the weight of a slaughtered and dressed ox, the median guess of the group was accurate within 1% of the true weight of the ox. This idea, it's not just listening to multiple truths and points of view, but actually engaging and learning from people who have a different point of view than your own is a central feature of Judaism. In the Mishnah, the first oral law of Judaism codified in the year 200 CE, there are two schools of thought, the school of Hillel and the school of Shammai. And throughout the mission, these two schools of thought are disagreeing, and Hillel always wins the argument, so one could naturally think that all of what Shammai says, it should just be discounted. But you'd be wrong, because the rabbis also say that when we reach the world to come, the Mishnah will switch. And at that time period, we'll follow the law of Shammai. They are both arguing for a sacred purpose, and each rabbi's truth is valuable and is applicable at a different time period. In the Talmud, codified in the year 600 CE, we read long arguments among the rabbis, some arguments that can take weeks to get through because they're so complex. And in over 300 of these arguments, the final answer is teku, which means, oh, I have no idea. But what was important was for us to engage together with such a multiplicity of views. We even have a heretic in the Talmud, Elisha ben Abuya. He's kicked out of Judaism, but his voice is kept in the Talmud because he's a smart guy, period. They even have a discussion if what he had taught should be honored, and the answer is yes. Living in 2018, these are radical ideas. Listening to people you do not agree with and that our collective wisdom has value has become an idea that's way out there. We don't do this anymore. Our society is more divided than at any other time in memory. Each political stripe sits in their own corner, not only not talking to the other and engaging in dialogue, but now we sit in our own corner judging and otherizing the person who's different from us because they don't have the wisdom that I have. They're wrong and I'm right. And you know something? I defriended that person on Facebook because I didn't want their views in my newsfeed anymore. David Brooks cited a few weeks back that in 1960, when they asked people, would you mind if your son or daughter married somebody from the opposing party? 5% said they would mind. Now, it's like 40%. And if you ask people, if you're a Republican, what do you think the Democrats are? Democrats, what do you think of the Republicans? The same words come out of people's mouths. The people in the other party are immoral, they're lazy, they're stupid, 
They're closed-minded. It's not just a political identity so much anymore. It's a social identity, David Brooks says. It is now tribal, and the tribal is basically political. Living in 2018 America, the idea of deeply engaging in debate with a person from a completely different end of the political spectrum and really hearing the person to the point that the only answer one could come up with is, take who? I, I, I don't know. Because you just made an amazing argument, and I hear you, and it's something I'd never considered before. And I'm confident enough and comfortable enough to admit that I might not be right, but actually be able to say, take who? I don't know. That is unheard of today. But if you're not able to do this, you are deviating from the millennia-old Jewish tradition that goes back to Moses as he sits at the foot of Sinai, looking into the eyes of a priest from a different land and a different religion. That is who we are. The only reason that we are allowed to receive the Torah, to be considered chosen, was because we engaged, we questioned, we were open to multiple points of view. This week's Parsha, it stares us left coast Jews in the eyes, and it prods us for this Shabbat to be a day of reckoning, a day when we really ask ourselves, are we living up to our highest Jewish ideals of engaging with others who are different from us, who think different than us, who vote different from us? And if you cannot answer that question in the affirmative, then we are not prepared to ascend to the heights of Sinai. It is only once Moses reaches that point that he's able to ascend and then return with a glow. If we as a people and as a nation want to move past this feeling of being in a low, dark place where everything just feels stuck, it begins not by looking up at the mountain. No. It begins by looking into the eyes of the other and hearing the words of the other. And then and only then can we rise. Shabbat Shalom.